0: we all grapple with the greater meaning of death. Philosophers, theologians, and poets have been recruited to the task for eons. I have no special insights as to why we must die or what might follow, nor is my personal philosophy causing me to write this book. But we must die. Aging, dying, and death are no longer solely the purview of philosophers and clerics. Many biological and epidemiological theories of aging have been articulated. Some are even testable theories, and many have been tested. The result is an informative science. We still have much to learn and many a theory that eludes testing, but the product of all this science is a body of information that has much to say to anyone today who wants to reflect on aging, dying, and death. This book is anchored on this body of information— Beyond reflection, aging, dying, and death have arrived at center stage in real politic, at the urging of economists and for public policy considerations given the needs of the burgeoning population of elderly. Aging, dying, and death are not diseases, yet they are targets for the most egregious marketing, disease-mongering, medicalization, and overtreatment. This book is written to forewarn and arm the reader with evidence-based insights that promote informed medical and social decision-making. All who have the good fortune to be healthy enough to confront the challenges of aging need such insights. Otherwise, they are no match for the cacophony of broadcast media pronouncing the scare of the week or miracle of the month. Pandering magazine articles, best-selling books pushing angels of self-interest, and the ubiquitous marketing of pharmaceuticals and alternative potions, poultices, and chants All are hawking successful aging and long life, as if both were commodities. We awaken every day to advice as to better ways to eat, think, move, and feel as we strive to live longer and better. We are bombarded with the notion of risks lurking in our bodies and in the environment that need to be reduced at all cost. Life, we are told, is a field that is ever more heavily mined with each passing year. There are places on the globe where life is a literal minefield. There are others where it is a figurative minefield. The latter are places where a ripe old age is the fate of a lucky few— Unconscionably, only a few. Those places usually have as common denominators inadequate water and sewer facilities, unstable political structures, and dire poverty. They are a reproach to the collective conscience. However, I am writing this book for those of us fortunate enough to reside in the resource advantage world, countries that have crossed the epidemiological watershed so that it's safe to drink the water. For us, Death before our time is not a fact of life. It's a tragedy. For us, a ripe old age is not a will-o'-the-wisp. It's likely. And this happy and fortunate circumstance has almost nothing to do with what we eat, with our potions and pills, or with our metaphysical beliefs, and it has very little to do with the ministrations of the vaunted health care systems that we underwrite. This will become disconcertingly, even painfully clear in the chapters that follow. For now, we need to understand how fortunate we really are. Figure 1 displays U.S. longevity curves. The most recent curve that is available is based on census data that is a decade old. That bears witness to the challenges of finding out who is still alive and when, and at what age the descendant died. Furthermore, the mathematical equations involved are very sensitive to small changes in age-specific death rates, particularly at the older age groups when relatively few survive. The curves become more accurate in retrospect. Nonetheless, the message is obvious.